You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. This month at Kindling, we're taking the screen-free challenge. But we're not talking about total abstinence, rather we're looking for balance in our lives. Previously, we've spoken to Dr. Christy Goodwin about managing our own digital addictions as parents. Now, I'd like some practical examples of how a whole family might have a digital detox. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now, I did just say we're looking for balance and then I said detox, which is kind of contradicting myself there because (laughs) detox implies total abstinence. Do you think it's a good idea to try that? I'm really realistic. We know detoxes work, but only in the short term. What I think is better is that we develop healthy habits that are more sustainable and more likely to be implemented over the time. So if we can develop those healthy habits, um, they're more likely to be repeated rather than a one-off sort of detox. A bit like when we do a food detox, you can't sustain that week in, week out. But every now and then, if you need a quick recalibration, if you know you've been too far swimming in the digital pool and need to rein things in, sometimes the digital detox can be a good recalibration point. But then moving forward, just developing healthy habits. Okay. Keeping that in mind, Mm -hmm. let's say we're going to have a short detox before we reintroduce technology in a healthy way. Let's say, let's just say, I'm speaking for a friend, uh, a family with a five-year-old and a three-year-old, <laughs> my family, that. yeah, <laughs> and two working parents. Mm-hmm. How would you start a digital detox? Okay, keep it simple. Don't go too fancy because we know the minute we complicate things, we won't execute on it. So um, what I found has worked really well is to, first of all, plan it. So plan in advance. Um, Anything we commit in our diary, whether it's a kid's birthday party or a school calendar event, we're likely to do. So not only do you need to plan it, then you've actually got to schedule it in. Um, What I have found, we we in our family have um, Sunday fun day. And so we have come up basically with like a family bucket list of fun activities, right from the three-year-old who's you know, bucket list activities are quite interesting, shall I say. <laughs> I'm not exactly on my bucket list. Um, but family fun day activities. So we've got a whole menu board written out there on a big sheet of um, butcher's paper. And so we have looked at those and then we each week pick one activity to pop on to our Sunday fun day calendar. So we know what it is if we need to do any booking or, you know, perhaps get one of the kids minded if it's only appropriate for one of them, we can do that. I also say think of fun activities that you did as a child. I think we've often lost the art and we think this has to be more complicated than what it needs to be. What are those simple fun pleasures um, that you had as a child? And and think about maybe introducing some of those. Um, We've also got... um, in the past, we've used something called a board board. So literally just a menu of activities that your kids can do. Um, So it may not have to wait till Saturday or Sunday, but during the week, if you think screens are are sort of creeping in a bit more and you you want to rein it back a bit, having a board board. So a list of activities, it could be photos if they they can't read yet, but things that they can do when they're bored in lieu of reaching for the tablet or the video game console. Um, And Focus, it doesn't have to be a long period of time. I think we often think, you know, detoxes or screen-free days need to be the whole day. It's quality, um, not quantity. So don't make it tricky. Keep it really simple. And I think you're more likely to succeed over time with it. Now that you've said that you can have a short period of time, Mm. is there (laughs) – this is a leading question. But I know that you've spoken in the past about how there's a good time to sort of turn off the screens so that we can everyone can have a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. 
Would that period between bath and bed be a good time to try it? Because we're trying to slow down their motor neurons, you know, their brains a bit. Absolutely. Before bed, and I'm going to put my researcher hat in, hat on here, ideally 90 minutes, even 60 minutes, even 30 minutes before sleep time will make a really big difference to not only the quality of your kid's sleep, but also the quantity of, of your kid's sleep. So if they're using devices before bed, it will suppress their melatonin production. So it makes it harder for them to fall asleep. We also know screens have an arousal effect on their brain. So it will hyperstimulate stimulate them, which is not what we want at all. A bit like husbands engaging in rough and tumble play before bedtime. Um, <laughs> not talking about anyone no, there, uh, No, a friend of a friend there um, <laughs> who's got that issue. But we really need to preserve that. So that's a great opportunity. So those micro moments of screen-free time. Um, so instead of reaching for the, the tablet device, pull out a board game, pull out a book. Um, and this is where if you've got your menu of board board activities, um, you can have some of those things on call. Because I think as a mum, I'm often exhausted at the end of the day, so I can't come up with innovative ideas. But if it's written down and I've got a reference point, I can look at that and think, okay, it's we like can do that. It's like a menu plan. It is. Well, yeah, for those very organised people. <laughs> <laughs> you only have to do this once. You don't have to do it every week. It's just like a list I know I do to. the same menu plan every I'll week. I'll do you fine then. <laughs> My husband hates that. He gets really sick of them. That's implying that I always cook. I should just put that out there that I don't. We're talking about the whole family here. So if we expect our children to have that period of a digital detox, should we also be applying it to ourselves? Ideally, yes. And it's really hard. We find our um, digital dependence, you know, I call it the digital pull. I feel really tethered to my device. Um, You know, I do find it hard. I will admit on Sunday fun days, I try not to use my phone. I'm not always successful at that because an alert or a notification will come through and I feel that digital pull. So where possible, where you can, you know, if you've got a deadline at work or some really big family crisis going on, having unrealistic expectations like that won't be helpful. Um, But where you you can. I think having, even if it's just a small window of time, um, it might be every night. Um, For me, I started to see social media creeping into my hands while I was cooking dinner and dealing with the crazy five o'clock crazy period. And I thought that wasn't a healthy habit for me because I was getting frustrated with my kids who wouldn't listen, but I was only partially there. You know, we're in two worlds. We're half on the phone and half in real world. So for me, I knew I needed to carve out some time. So I actually found putting my phone out of sight, um, literally turning it to to silent um, and carving out just those micro moments of the day. Same thing in the morning. Breakfast, try not to have my phone in close proximity unless, you know, there's something urgent for work um, or I know there's a, there's a family issue. So I think even just having small pockets of time where you really dedicate yourself, your kids really appreciate it because, I know our phones as parents can rob us of our two most important commodities, our time and our attention, and we never get either of those things back. So if we do small pockets, we can ditch the guilt and then indulge in our screen flashes <laughs> later on without the, the yeah, guilt. Exactly. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Christy Goodwin, who is a brain and children's technology researcher, and we're talking about a family detox, like how you might apply that. And Christy's advice is not to get too carried away. I tend to get carried away. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do a week without screens. But then I am probably setting myself up to fail there. Um, so have you got any um, advice for people who are listening who who might be really keen on this idea but they have to bring their partner 
into the field, again, asking for a friend. Yeah, of course. Um, I think asking them what activities they like to do. I will admit my husband organises most of our Sunday fun day. The kids have obviously, from their bucket list contribution, had some ideas. Um, but he often will pick some of the activities that he likes. Um, I think that's where also pick an activity that you will be committed to. So if bushwalking isn't your cup of tea, don't commit to doing five weeks of bushwalking because you'll do one week and then that will be it. So find activities that all of you like to participate in, especially your partner, if they need that. Um, Finding activities um, that they used to do as a child, I found that really interesting because they're more likely to participate as well. So anything where I think they're involved and they've got some locus of control, um, often they can surprise you with some of the things that they like to do. And finally, I just wanted to ask, because you have, as you mentioned, sort of carved out these times in your own life, did it take a certain period before it felt natural for you and natural for your family to just go, okay, breakfast, there's no phones, there's no screens, dinner, there's no screens? Or did it, was it a pretty quick uptake? No, I will be really honest. There was the itch and like the compulsion and it wasn't until I literally carved out that time. So I started initially with getting dinner because I noticed it creeping in. And once I put it away, I realized how much more productive I was. Like dinner cooking, when you're not checking Instagram in between chopping veggies and dealing with sibling squabbles, mealtime got a whole lot quicker. Um, (laughs) So I became less frustrated. Um, So I think initially I did reach for it because I realized how much um, of the what we call white space, you know, that free, free time that we all say we never have. But I was filling that free time with my phone. Um, So, yes, there was that initial desire um, to reach for it, but over a couple of days, um, and that's where I think putting it out of sight makes it so much more helpful because when it's sitting there, um, I mean, we've even done studies where they um, monitored adult conversation in a restaurant and even the mere presence of your phone if it was face down and and not even switched on, so on silent and face down, changed the quality and the quantity of adult conversation. So we see these devices and they distract us and they distract us externally with the alerts, you know, notifications and messages, but they all just also distract us internally because we're sitting there thinking, did I send that email? Who's, you know, um, private message haven't I responded to? How many, you know, messages are going to be in my inbox, but I open it up when I get to it. So it's that constant um, pull on our attention. If it's out of sight and out of mind, we're much more likely to not be distracted by it in either of those ways. Christy, thank you so much for chatting My with pleasure. us. pleasure. That's Dr. Christy Goodwin. She's a children's brain and technology researcher. You can get more tips and advice from Christy at her website, including seminars that she holds to help educate parents. Head to kindling.com.au for more info. Plus, we do have an interview we did with Christy previously about uh, parental dependency on digital devices, and it was a really interesting conversation. You can find that on our website as well. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.